Hello and welcome back to Redeemable. I am your host, Josh Hornberger. Let's get into it. Happy New Year, gang. Now is the time to reflect upon the year of 2022. I'd say I've accomplished and done a lot this year. For me, this year has had its ups and downs, but each day I went through, the Lord was there with me. This year, when I got a raise at my job, the Lord was with me. This year, when I went to Tennessee to the Arise Youth Conference, and I felt the Holy Spirit rejuvenate within me, the Lord was with me. And this year, when I strained my ankle doing something dumb, the Lord was with me. This year, when my girlfriend and I got promise rings and made promises to each other and to the Lord, the Lord was with me. This year, when I graduated and got my associate's degree, the Lord was with me. And this year, when a close friend of mine passed away from suicide, the Lord was still there with me. When life was good, when life was hard, when my life changed and when life stayed the same, I knew that no matter what happened, the Lord was there. How do I know this? The second half of Matthew 28 verse 20 says plainly, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And until the end of the world comes, change is going to happen. So I interviewed a few people in Target who plan on making a change with a New Year's resolution. Here's what they had to say. What is your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is that this year will be way better than last year in every aspect. Every aspect. What is your New Year's resolution this year? To be more hospitable to people that I meet. I guess my New Year's resolution would be uh, to be more kind to people um, and also keep working hard, achieve the things I want to achieve. What is your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to read the entire Bible. What is your New Year's resolution? To stay on the right path and stay at peace mentally. The idea of making a New Year's resolution works in theory, but not so much in practice. According to Psych News Daily, 64% of people give up their resolutions within the first month. Stopping a bad habit and starting a good one is something we all typically want to do. Actually doing it is the hard part. The issue is after the second week of reading a little each day or working out, people just don't feel motivated anymore. And that is the issue. I'm not one of those motivational speakers and I'm not trying to be. But the reason so many people quit when it gets hard is that they're doing something beneficial but relying on motivation to do it. There's going to be days where you wake up and you're not motivated. You're not motivated to get up, get dressed and go to work. You're not motivated to go and work out. You really shouldn't rely on motivation because you simply will run out of it. You instead need to be disciplined. You need to be disciplined enough to do the things you don't want to do because you know the outcome will put you in a better position than you were in beforehand. I'll give you an example of this. I've been working out for an hour a day, six days a week, since October 1st. At first, I did my workouts after I got home from work, but then I would be exhausted. My body would ache and I just wasn't being very efficient. Up until that point, I was trying to motivate myself to get out of my car after work and get into the barn where all my workout equipment is and just get this workout over with. And I just had no motivation to do that. 
And this continued until I decided to make myself an ultimatum. So I made myself a little black beaded bracelet and I promised myself the day I missed a workout, I couldn't wear the bracelet anymore. The bracelet itself didn't in and of itself make me want to go work out. It's more of what it symbolizes, like what we talked about last episode. So now I work out before I have to go to work. And trust me, it's hard to get up at five in the morning to go out into the cold and lift weights for an hour. But it, it, it has become my morning routine. And once I finish and I get dressed for work, I get in my car and I sip my coffee as I'm driving up the road, I feel a sense of accomplishment that I just didn't feel before. And that is from discipline. And you can apply this to the life of a Christian. There are days where I don't feel like reading the Bible or taking the time to pray or witness to people. And for those things to be done efficiently and effectively, it requires a disciplined and devoted person to die to themselves and put Jesus first in their life. To be a Christian, it requires a change from a life of living for yourself and fulfilling your needs to a life lived for Jesus and fulfilling his will. Heraclitus, the Greek philosopher, is quoted in saying, change is the only constant in life. And that is mostly true. You will change over time. Your life will change. How you think will change. Your stances on things will change. Almost everything is subject to change, except the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only constant that we can all rely on. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Like I said in the beginning, no matter what was changing or happening in my life this past year, I had the peace in knowing that Jesus is still there, sitting at the right hand of God. And I knew that when I was handed my diploma, and I knew that when I got the news that my friend passed away, and I will continue to know and believe that Jesus will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is something we should all celebrate. The fact that you have, as a Christian, put the most valuable thing you have, your own life, with the unchanging and all-powerful Son of God, the Savior of the world. There's a certain peace that comes with that. And if you don't have that peace that comes with changing the very course of your soul, I urge you to listen to that faint knock on your heart. John 14 verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Turn from your sins, trust and believe that Jesus is God, and be embraced, washed clean, and redeemed by his grace. So today, I want to read a story about a man who was changed miraculously by God, turning him from a Christian hunter to an apostle of Christ. So we're going to be looking at Acts 9. And here we find a man named Saul who would round up Christians to be sent to jail for their faith. Starting with Acts 9 verse 3. It says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. 
And the men that journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. And they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Now for the sake of time, I'm going to be skipping down to verse 17. You can read all of Acts 9 for yourself. In fact, I'd recommend that you do. Verses 10 through 16 is about a disciple named Ananias, who was sent by God to restore Saul's eyesight. Ananias didn't really want to do that because he knew just how dangerous Saul was and how he is known for persecuting Christians just like him. But nevertheless, Ananias obeyed God and started towards Damascus. Verse 17 picks up with this. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou comest, hast sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with his disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Saul was a man who, by the grace of God, was changed from a man described to have done much evil to saints, in verse 13, to writing the books of Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Saul, whose name was changed in Acts 13 to Paul, became a missionary for the Lord as he traveled throughout Eastern Europe and Asia Minor and planted churches, specifically reaching out to the Gentiles, which is anyone who's not Jewish. Saul had persecuted the church and was actually on his way to Damascus to imprison and persecute Christians. The one thing he did not account for, however, was the grace of God. And his grace came in the shape of a literal blinding light. And once his sight was restored, his life was refocused from persecuting Christians to becoming a Christian himself. Saul, who is now Paul, wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 9-10, through 10, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meant to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. By God's grace we are able to change. Now we're going into a new year, but what is actually changing? The calendar? You're going to be waking up in the same bed that you slept in last night. You're going to have the same job you had yesterday. You're going to have the same life you had yesterday. So what can you change? A lot of New Year's resolutions focus in on changing their mind by getting smarter, finishing that degree, and reading more. Many others focus their resolution on their body, so they want to change their eating habits, and lose weight, or they want to work out. But so many people miss the third element of yourself, if you will. And that element is the spiritual self. So many are so focused on eating right and working out, going to school, getting their degree, and all that is really good and very important. But what is forgotten is the most important thing. 
the destination of your soul. With this new year beginning, let it be a new beginning for you and your walk with Christ. Take some time to yourself and get alone with God and talk to Him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I urge you to open your heart to Him. We're talking about the Son of God that became a man. He walked the earth and sacrificed Himself to redeem anyone who would turn from their sin and trust in Him alone. One of my favorite Bible verses has always been Isaiah 53 verse 5. It says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. You want to talk about a powerful verse. It is of my personal opinion that those last seven words are the most powerful words written in the Holy Bible. And with his stripes, we are healed. It's talking about the stripes on Jesus' back that came from the Roman lashings that Jesus took before walking down Via del Rosa toward Calvary. Through the pain and torture that Jesus went through, you and I today can be healed and redeemed from our sin. That verse is painfully beautiful to me because it paints such a vivid picture in your mind about what was done so that you can be healed and so that you can change. Change is something a lot of people are afraid of, but it's a necessary part of life. It's how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It's how a Christian hunter became the most influential missionary in the first century. And it's how your life can change from whatever walk of life you are at as of right now to become a born-again Christian who will enter paradise with our Creator one day. And it's how a lukewarm Christian can become a disciplined and devoted follower of Christ who actively furthers the kingdom of God. Albert Einstein once said, The measure of intelligence is the ability to change. My friend, do not block yourself off from change. And I would not advise you in attempting to stop God's will with your life. Saul was on his way to jail Christians for their faith. God stopped him, blinded him, let him sit for three days, and once his sight was restored and his life was reshaped, he became a man of God. There is no stopping God's will from being done. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In our ever-changing lives, we are thrown some curveballs. Whether it be losing someone close to you or getting a promotion at work, you can have the peace that comes with knowing that Jesus will always be with you, no matter what changes. He will always be my Savior, and He will always be the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, I've, I've thought a lot about it. I've changed my mind a couple times, but I think my New Year's resolution is to lead at least one person to Christ this year. I'm not going to stop at one, but that is my humble goal. I want to simply be an instrument to be used by God to further His kingdom. And if you want your change to be influential, you must follow God's will with your life, just as Paul did. The Bible verse for today is written by Paul. It is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And remember, you are custom made. You are loved. And you are redeemable.